Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the nightcap. Lindsey Brown is my name. Hockey is the game. And Paul Eihander is here as well to bring you... The week of the season. It's here, Paul. Like, game is going to be played on Thursday. Anaheim will be here in Vegas. Game on. Game freaking on, Paul. And we have a lot of information to get through uh, before we get to that game, before we start previewing that, because a lot of stuff has happened today. A lot of guys put on the waiver wire. Don't worry. Nothing to worry about. Everybody else is doing it. We got to get guys on that taxi squad. We got news about Lake Tahoe, and we have a guest today. Catherine Silverman is going to join us. She's a contributor for Ingle Magazine and covers the Arizona Coyotes. She's also a fellow goaltender. Shocking, Paul. I know. Um, but we we all know how testy this, this division is going to be at the top, and Arizona's kind of an enigma, especially in goal. And so uh, I want to get her thoughts on what she's thinking uh, in terms of success for that team and uh, and this division and goaltending at large. So there's so much to dig into on today's Nightcap, Paul. And I'm just pumped to get everything started. Yeah, what are we, uh, five, a little under five months or so since we last uh, all revisited actual regular hockey, counting hockey? Right, non-playoff hockey? Yeah, it's it's been it's been that long since it was like, okay, well, let's uh, restart and make things count, so to speak, and get everybody in position and playing. And, you know, camps have been open for a while. Teams mm-hmm. are actually taking time off from the ice to... Days get- off are important, Paul. Recovery is just as important as the actual workout itself. But, you know, since we last talked, Lindsay, we've, we're, you know, training camps, we're a week into training camp and mm-hmm. we're already wrapping it up and it's, it's, it's go time. It's the, it's the sprint into the marathon of the season, so to speak. And I know that sounds contradictory for by all means, but when, you know, teams get underway here in the next 48 hours of which the nights are not on the official opening night of the NHL, mm-hmm. there's comes a night later, but Everybody is going to be paying a little bit more attention to the wins and losses just based on how this team, or how the season is structured right. and how these teams are building themselves to move in because we've seen enough player movement in the offseason, as short as it was, and now the little kind of curveballs we've been thrown, no, not to mix sports metaphors, but right. you know we've seen a couple of surprise retirements and opt-outs here For to sure. start this regular season that are going to shake up things, maybe not so much in the the West that we play in, but throughout the rest of the league where it could make a difference later on as we move into the, the postseason. This is the season's only six months long. Right. Exactly. And, and and you're right on with the fact that even even though there's a little bit more uh question marks in the eastern uh in the Eastern conferences and in other divisions, 
More questions over there means sometimes we provide those answers for them because it, you just, you're just you not going to be doing a lot of trades in our division this year because you're going to see that player right away, let alone in your conference. And we know that the expansion draft is just in a few months, but there's just so much uncertainty. There's no team that has been untouched uh, uh, in that crazy offseason. And, and there's a lot of teams that are in a really desperate position, uh, including your Vegas Golden Knights. And so uh, before we start really digging into everything else, let's go through what kind of transactionally has gone down today. As I mentioned just a few moments ago, uh, a lot of guys got put on the waiver wire today, and that is on purpose because you have to go through the waiver wire uh, in order to make your way to the taxi squad. So some of the names, or all of the names that are, were uh, put on that waiver wire for your Vegas Golden Knights are as follows. Jake Bischoff, Patrick Brown, Carl Dahl, uh, Dahlstrom, Oscar Dansk, Reed Duke, Tyrell Goulborn, Nick Holden, Thomas Jorko, Daniel Oregon and Dylan Sakura. And you're like, okay, those are some names that you would probably associate with the waiver wire. They're not quite big pieces on, on the Golden Knights and are still trying to find their way in the league. But like Nick Holden signed an extension here in the offseason. He was third pair D with Zach Whitecloud um, through the bubble. And this is where that salary cap problem that has yet to be solved to your Vegas Golden Knights comes into play. And now nobody's been claimed yet. Nick has not been claimed yet. But they're going to have to find a way to shave off a million dollars off the top. And so if he's not claimed off the waiver wire, he's going to be able to be put down on the taxi squad. But because he's on a one-way deal, meaning it's an NHL contract, he would make NHL money on that taxi squad. Whereas like Patrick Brown, who is signed to a two-way contract, if he's placed on the taxi squad, he makes his AHL salary, which is a lot less. And so for teams like the Vegas Golden Knights, where they're really tight to the salary cap, this is incredibly important. The Knights have some decisions to make here Mm -hmm. in terms of figuring out exactly roster makeup, who is healthy, who isn't. And as they roll into really the there's really two practices. Morning skate is just a skate. But when with what's left going into that Ducks game on Thursday Mm -hmm. and there's again, this is procedural more than anything else. The free agency, you know, we've we passed that period. This is the roster maintenance that has to happen. So. We move into this portion of things. We don't know what the taxi squad is going to really make up of. I would assume you would want a goaltender. You know, right. it's, it's four That's to why six Dan's players. There. Yeah, it's not going to be this. You know, you're not going to stash Max Pacioretty in the taxi squad because you've got to. You know, because he might be kind of hurt or whatever no. it is. You still have to play by the rules, so to speak. So as this team comes together and comes to shape, you know the the main art has been has been painted. More than anything else, yeah. This is this is about the color, and if something surprising, the hue of the color, right? If something surprising might happen to where you know, again, a trade possibility presents itself for someone in need that needs something, and you feel that you need only Kelly McCrimmon has that answer. Pete DeBoer is going into going into Thursday night's game. This is the team that's going to be happening. You know, again, it's about minor pieces more than anything else. The small little tweaks, the little dotting the I's and crossing the T's Correct. that has to happen. But yes, they still do have a salary cap problem, as do other teams in this league. Right. I'm a little surprised we haven't seen a little bit more movement here because we're coming down to crunch time. Somebody's going to have to break the damn Paul. Somebody's going to have to. And and that's been the biggest question about this offseason is where that is going to come from. But there are other questions that are, are swirling around as well because we could speculate and we've done done so uh, for months about who that player is going to be or where that, that relief is going to come. But 
We don't know if Alex Tuck is going to be out there on that ice this Thursday. He's uh, Pete DeBoer said he was day to day. He was out there for the first day of training camp, and he has yet to skate since. Uh, we know his history. We know about his importance to that third line and to this team as well as his trade value. And so if this is something that's more than day-to-day and they say put him on the long-term IR, well, technically, if he goes on the long-term IR, I'm pretty sure that means that cap relief can come there. But that also means you're signaling to Alex or or, or and to the team about the, the immediate future and, and going forward, but also you don't want to put him on long-term IR if he's not you know that injured. That's not what that's meant for. Another question that we have to answer as well. Who's the captain? That was also something that was supposed to be answered uh, before this season started. We have yet to hear about that. We have made our preference known, Paul. His name is Mark Stone. He is 61. He is the the heart and soul of this team. Well, we don't have a social media video ready to go like the Boston Bruins did. That's right. It just hasn't been built yet. Exactly. And so that's also a question. And then it's who's going to be in net? Because Pete DeBoer says we're going to go 50-50 to start to let these goalies kind of figure out, find their ways, and then all bets are off because that's how it works. you got to figure out who the hot hand is. And while I haven't been able to get into much of training camp, period, I was able to get in yesterday. And I'm going to be honest, I'm a little nervy. I didn't get to see Robin because he was he was either on the other rink or he wasn't skating, but I saw Flurry. He's, he's working with some new pads or, you know, as you said, Paul, training camp started like last week. Hasn't been a ton of time. But we got to figure out what that situation is going to be like. But everybody you, is going to have to figure out what's your game one looking like. But there's still a lot to figure out with this squad. And so is there enough talent to to push through those initial kind of bumps and bruises and, and figuring out? Absolutely. But if you don't figure it out quickly, we've, we've talked about how how slippery the season could get away from you. And how much, especially for teams who much is expected, because that pressure can be crushing, especially if you're not getting off to the start that you need. Well, now that you've been inside City National and seen the team work out and seen them practice, what, if any, is there a difference between last year's team and how they conduct the business on the ice and this year's team? Well, the, as I said, it's just the one day, and it was a pretty much a, a system-heavy type of day where they're working on drills of like, okay, so where does Cody Glass go when the, when, when the other team is breaking? it out and we're doing our neutral zone where do you stand are we trying to push him towards the half wall are we trying to push him towards the middle okay where's my weak side wing gonna be because you can't be chilling in the zone it's very much like x's and o's but it seemed like the team was in good spirits the energy was there but i didn't see a lot of goals being scored and there's a lot of two-on-oh drills and as i said i was a little nervous from what i saw from Florida, but he's working through some stuff he's working through some new pads and and these guys you cannot replicate game speed like whatever what you can do the hardest drills in the world it's not the same mentality but for for a squad that has had their training camp has had a couple of scrimmages and has so much talent i just want to make sure i get nervous about the things that we take for granted and that are givens in our mind when you have to earn this stuff every year, you have to gain back that confidence in yourself. Like Matt's, Max Pacioretty had like 32 goals last year. Guess how many he has right now? Zero, right? And so you you have to take that success from last year or 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 maybe lack thereof and take that motivation to get better. But we're not going to know until this until that puck drops against Anaheim. And that's a great opponent to start things off against because they're about as, as bad of a team as, as, it, as it gets right now. But as I said, limited sample size, but... 
There, it left me with some, with some things to be desired, to be honest. But last year, you're talking about a Gerard Gallant camp. Mm-hmm. And now Pete DeBoer, who came in midseason last year in the weird season. And then he had this kind of bubble camp, I guess is the best way sure. to call it. This is the most real it's going to be mm-hmm. uh, for this team. And again, in terms of business on the ice, a Gallant camp... And you talk about finding the mojo and finding the good vibes. Right. This is a Pete DeBoer camp. You it's talk- harder to find the good vibes with Pete DeBoer than it is with Gallant, in, in my personal opinion. Because Gallant was the player's coach. You know, he was so close with all those guys. They, they, were, all, they were all kind of self-starters. DeBoer is much more um, structural. Not just, in, not just in the way that he wants the guys to play the game, but how he, how he prepares them. It's it's very intentional. There's a lot of drills that aren't just like, all right, we're going to do the breakouts here. We're going to go up here. There's a lot of elements that are going into it. And that can bring out some greatness from, from the right type of players, but there has to be a really good balancing act. So without those good vibes, without having the positive reinforcement of scoring goals, which is something that they've been working on during camp because it did not work out for us in the playoffs, this is where that happy medium has to be found especially with how much character and personality has been subtracted from this roster since the so, last time we saw it. But them. you look at the fact that character, personality moved on mm-hmm. you know, in, in the offseason, and now this is the team that we have. In the move that McCrimmon made, I guess some could argue then this is the one thing that this team needed, more intent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly, because when, when Gallant was fired, they were getting sloppy. They were giving up. They were spotting the L.A. Kings who were at the bottom of the league for goal first periods. We weren't getting uh, the practice time that they were needed where they were executing on the little details that were necessary to be uh, a consistent force at that point in time. But, as I said, there there is a balance there. So you swung back the other direction. You bring DeBoer in. And you have that success. They were playing really well right before up to, up to the pause. They won like 10 of 13 or something. And you were rolling in the bubble. But when the going got tough and the goals dried up and it wasn't so fun to play hockey anymore and hockey became the job, hockey became the grind, which it always does at certain points of the year and, and, and in certain circumstances, things got gnarly. I'm like, that's where I need to see where this team is at in the, in the difference. And I didn't get that in, in training camp yesterday because they're skating with the, with the now Henderson guys that were sent down. With, there's a lot of guys out there. And it's just, as I said, you're not in season yet. But can this team figure out how to generate its own momentum, its own positive vibes, even if they're not playing the game that they're used to, even if they're not scoring a lot of goals? Can they can they find a way to work through that adversity without turning on one another, without turning on the coach and without kind of going inside of themselves where you start gripping the stick a little bit tighter and you're like, all right, I'm going to take this coast to coast or I need to do more instead of relying on the guys around you. And so that's where I need to see where this team is. Because I think that's the difference between the, uh, a squad that's Western Conference Finals and Stanley Cup Final. That's why you bring DeBoer in. Well, it's a mixed jumble right now where everyone has this team slotted. Yeah. I mean, it's anywhere between one and nine in the Western Conference. Right. Some have this team making the run, that this is the year for the team to make the run. Many are saying it's just another runner-up year for the Golden Knights because mm-hmm. that's just the hand that they were dealt and other teams took bigger steps. And they're going to have to go through Murderer's Row to get to the at least the later rounds of the playoffs, which, you know, last year and, and the years before, you get a, some easier opponents, but based off of the division realignment, you're going to have to go through St. Louis or Colorado in all likelihood. And usually you want to see those guys in the, in the semis or, or the conference finals. And so 
it's a baptism by fire type of situation. And uh, if you're the one that comes out of it, good luck to everybody else. Because if if that's the tools that you've been sharpening yours with all year, I'll I'll take it against any team in the East or any anybody up up in Canada. But it's all about having your big guys show up when they need to, having your goaltenders make timely saves, and 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 holding on for dear life if 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 your team isn't making it there. And so that's why we're going to get to our break right now because we got to get to Catherine Silverman who is going to talk to us about our goaltending situation here with Vegas in Arizona and in the Western Division at large. This is the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Unfiltered hockey talk for Golden Knights fans. It's the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Lindsey Brown here, your host always and forever. And guys, I'm super, super excited because this is probably the most overdue conversation of all time. Joining us on the line right now to talk about all of your favorite crease crawlers here in the Western Division. You've heard her on the Three Cheers for One Goal podcast, maybe read some of her insight in In Goal magazine or seen her voluntarily running around Arizona, which I don't understand. Catherine Silverman. Catherine, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I can't believe you got in the running job right off the bat there. Honestly, it's one of the one of the questions that always comes up when I when I see you uh, dropping your knowledge on Twitter or, or showing off Izzy is like you're not you're not only a goaltender, but you like run for fun. And running is literally the last thing I would want to do on this earth. But you're just like, yes, I, I, this is an activity I wish to participate in. <laughs> it's, it's like the only thing that keeps me on track. Hey, we all got to find our way to, to keep calm in our crease. And, and there's a lot of uncertainty around this Western division. And, and the one thing that I think that Arizona has going for it is its goaltending. Darcy Kemper uh, is definitely up there in, in the top echelon for goaltenders in the NHL. But the big question for him every season is, is can he stay on the ice? And so do you feel like this is a season where it's almost built for him because it's, it's shortened? Or is he taking his game to a level where, where he can sustain? that abuse that he puts on his body on a nightly basis you know that's a that's a super tough question I was actually talking about that just last night Uh, I was doing a podcast interview and we were talking about what the Coyotes have going for them and what is that big question mark and you look at their goaltending like you said Darcy Kemper one of the best guys in the NHL Auntie Ronda is another one who consistently hits top 10 numbers and just can't stay healthy (laughs) and so it seems like every year Darcy Kemper gets hurt, and then Auntie Ronta gets hurt. Or Auntie Ronta gets hurt, and then Darcy Kemper gets hurt. And they just trade off back and forth. And Auntie Ronta obviously ends up being out for longer stretches of time. He's had slightly more major injuries. Um, He'll be out for 20 to 30 games versus 50 to 20. But either way, I mean, that that really is their... That's it. That really is their biggest question mark there, because... With a shortened season, do you see them play in bunches where one of them is healthy, they play 10 or 15 games, the other one ends up playing 10 or 15 games, or does one of them end up getting hurt and basically knock the team out of half the season? And I'm not sure we can confidently answer that because it is a shortened season, but it's being played so much closer together to that recovery time for them, which is so crucial for guys who do get a little bit more frequently injured, uh, that that recovery time is essentially gone. 
Exactly. And it's not just on the goaltenders because you can make adjustments to your style. You can try to, you know, take a a little bit more restful approach in the offseason. But at the end of the day, this is a team that does not score a lot of goals, spends a lot of time in their defensive end. And so it's kind of, you know, a problem that keeps creating problems for itself. So, like, what what are your realistic expectations for the Coyotes? Because they were in the bubble last year. They've always kind of been a middling around team. But in my opinion, they've taken steps back. But that fourth spot in this division is really anybody's game. So, so what? Where are you kind of stancing yourself for the team overall? I still see them as kind of. I think they're in the wild card spot. You know, I think they can get lucky, or Minnesota can get lucky. One or the other is probably going to take that spot. Um, with no disrespect to the three California teams, they're not playoff bound. Um, <laughs> I know the Sharks fancy themselves having taken that step forward with a healthy Eric Carlson. They also brought in Devin Dubnik uh, as a Hail Mary to see if he can turn his career around. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Really struggled with consistency and once again injuries last year. Uh, Martin Jones needed a major overhaul in his game. Uh, Who knows what's going on with Jonathan Quick in L.A. And then in Anaheim, who knows what's going on top to bottom of that roster. So really you have the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche, I think are the one-two punch at the top of the division. You have the St. Louis Blues, who in Siri are probably your number three team there. And then you have the Wild and the Coyotes. And those are two teams that, like you said, I think they, arguably I would say Minnesota probably took another step back too. Um, both of them have some question marks there. Brought in some good pieces. I think the Coyotes did a really good job of making room for Barrett Hayton by getting rid of Derek Stepan, who had taken two or three steps back in his game in the last few years. Uh, brought in Derek Broussard who plays that sort of utility role, can play center or wing alongside Hayton there, um, gives him a spot to really slot in as a center with the team. But they do have some big question marks. Like you said, I think they did kind of take a little bit of a step back there because they well, they lost Taylor Hall. That was their big mad last year, and he's not back, so... Yeah, there's there's just there's a lot that has to go right, but I, I I'm a whole I'm I'm 100 with you in terms of it's them in Minnesota whoever can figure themselves out first. But at least Minnesota has more of an overhaul on on their roster, bringing some more talent. And if anything, they've overperformed the last few years. But when it comes to the goaltending, uh, maybe here in Vegas, but also in like St. Louis per se, because Jordan Biddington went on a, a hell of a tear in the, in their in their cup run, but he was really bad in last year's bubble. He had a really tough time, got pulled a few times. But in a question at large, when you have such a shortened season, and especially with goalies that are playing heavy minutes that like Darcy Kemper is familiar with, do you think there's a change in the mentality if a goalie is is getting lit up early? Do you think the hook comes a little bit uh, earlier this season? Because you got to save that, that those energy and, and those legs for perhaps the next night because it's just a, such a quick turnaround. Do you anticipate any change in that psychological or that strategy? Um. I definitely anticipate it for a few teams, and I I think we've talked about this a few times just from, from a goaltending perspective. Every goalie's a little different. There are some goalies, you yank them early, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to derail them a little bit um, for their next game, for their practices, just second-guessing themselves when it comes to being able to shake off that, that bad goal. Um, and then there are some guys that if you leave them in there, and I would argue Darcy Kemper is one of them, if you leave him in there for a bad goal, maybe two bad goals, He's going to end up, there was a game between the Coyotes and Minnesota last year. He allowed, I think, eight goals. (laughs) 
they were they were beating the wild four to one ended up losing that game something like eight to six it was it was a disaster of a game and just bad goal after bad goal um those are the guys that you kind of want to yank a little bit earlier give them that mental recovery time not just the physical um but there are still some guys that i think you pull them early i think jonathan quick's one of them you pull them early um they don't they don't do well with that they'd rather stay in there if they allow a bad goal shake it off a little bit sort of straighten themselves out over the rest of the game i would say robin laner is probably one of those two um in vegas i think he's a guy who he can allow a bad goal at the start of the game and he's going to be okay through the rest of the game. Jacob Markstrom was one of those. He used to allow bad goals just about every every other game on the second or third shot of the game in Vancouver. And then after that first goal allowed, he was like, all right, I'm here. I'm ready to play. So I think, and in, in maybe, maybe you see it differently, but I think from goalie to goalie, there are some that are going to say, no, please don't pull me faster just because it's a shortened season. That, that sort of off my mojo. No, absolutely. I just almost, I'm just worried about like, cause we all know that the goalie thought and what's best for us isn't at the forefront of anybody's mind at any point in time, whether it's in the game or in the practice itself. So you're like, well, I would like to stay in. I'll, I'll tell coach that and we'll see how that goes. But, but there is something to be said about the style, uh, styles of goaltending and working through things because you're right. Jonathan Quick usually has a quick hook because he, he's so athletic. He's everywhere. Markstrom's kind of the same way where they're just these athletic freaks that for bad goals that they give up, they're going to save two or three every game. They're like, you have no business making that save. But just because you are so talented and are willing to do whatever uh, your body can do to get in front of that puck. Whereas like Robin Leonard is so big. He doesn't, you know, come out of the crease ever, especially if it's a shootout uh, scenario. We don't want to get into that with him, but it's just when, when you're playing a more controlled style and you have that size, I think that's going to lend itself to being able to work through it. Whereas uh, with, with Kemper, where, where you and I've had exchanges about, about this before, because that mentioning that, Minnesota Wild connection, you know, he has shared history there. He'll jaw with guys and and he has that same type of persona as a goaltender himself where if the puck's in tight and the rebounds are there, he's not looking to cover it up. He's looking to spit it back out and keep the uh, play going or at least getting it out of the reach of the guys that are right on top of him. And and if the game is going really well, those are the, those are the games we all love to play in as a goaltender. But if it's not, it's, it's a snowman. I'm like, that's a golf score. We can't have that. And so my, my question to you then, Kathy, is if 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 it's one game right now and we got to win and your options are Darcy Kemper or Robin Leonard, who do you play and why? Ooh, Robin Leonard. Really? Yeah, one hundred percent. I know that's that's probably going to get me some heat in Arizona, but it's it's not even particularly close either. Interesting. I just, but with Kemper, it's just such a gamer. I'm not trying to take any take anything away from Robin Leonard, but it's there's something to be said about the aura that a goalie gives off too if they're vibing in those games because those games can be stolen as well. But I don't think the Golden Knights need to rely nearly as much on their goaltending as Arizona uh, is going to this year. And so, oh, it, absolutely. Where's that goal support going to come from if Arizona finds its way, uh, especially early in the season? Because we're going to have that little stretch right after our first couple games where we're going to see each other four times in a row. Never seen anything like that. So, so how do you think the Kai Coyotes approach that and what does a successful approach look like if they're trying to say take you know two of those games from the Golden Knights I think part of it's going to come from uh, giving a guy like Connor Garland uh, a very long leash Um, he's a guy who 
is fast. He's tenacious. Uh, he gives teams fits. Um, he's also a guy who sometimes really gets his momentum going early. And then towards the end of the season, sometimes he's used up a little bit too much of the fuel at the start of the season, and he, he's running on empty for a little bit. And so I think giving him a chance to really do that, just be this tiny, weird little freight train right from the get-go, don't try and rein him in, just let him do his thing. Uh, that's a really easy way for the team to score goals. Um, same thing with Clayton Keller, you know, just let him do his thing. Uh, try not to second-guess him too much. Try not to nitpick him too much um, because he does make some mistakes and when he takes the criticism sometimes he sort of cows a little bit he'll he'll really pull himself in and and almost sort of turtle on himself when it comes to his style um i think a lot of it's going to have to do though with just how well the team meshes and they've brought in the the head coach from the tucson roadrunners that was a team that at the minor league level was just so cohesive and you know the defense and the offense managed to mesh so well together and transition from from zone to zone pretty seamlessly for an AHL team. They've brought him in at the NHL level, so he's up as an assistant coach right now. I think that taking lessons from him and learning just some of that cohesion, the team was kind of missing that last year. They didn't really didn't really click. They had the talent, they had the systems, but everything looked just a little disjointed. So listening to what he's saying in terms of just just flowing together a little bit better. I think if they can do that and click a little bit better, they had a lot of guys who underperformed last year. And for no concrete, tangible reason, I think a lot of it did have to do with them just not clicking. So they can get that together. I think they could surprise the Golden Knights potentially. Um, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they'd sweep them by any stretch, but I think it could be a competitive game for sure. Hey, a couple of roosters for your sisters from Phil Kessel from the half wall, and anything can happen, Catherine. It, it's 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 going to be an, an odd season. I'm really excited that uh, that we're getting things started with you guys and and getting familiar with with the new NHL. But before I let you go, please tell us how we can uh, access some of your some of your great writing. Maybe follow you on social media. Absolutely, they can follow me on Twitter at Catam Silverman. Most of my work's found there. Uh, you can find. The stuff I write for Ingle Magazine, Elite Prospects. I've been doing some stuff for the Hockey News that's going to be coming out soon. Um, the podcast that I do, it's at Three Cheers for Goal 1. That's Three Cheers for Goaltender Interference. Um, all that's on Twitter, though, so that's usually the easiest way to, unfortunately, the easiest way to find me. An eclectic mix of, of contributions for, for you, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck with all of your goalie watching this year. It's going to be a fun one. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I was Catherine Silverman, as as she said, Ingle Magazine Hockey News. She she'll give you the knowledge if you ask. You can follow her on Twitter. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to discuss a little bit more in depth about what I saw in Golden Knights practice yesterday and why I'm concerned about our goaltending situation. Uh, that's a few moments away, right here on the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. <laughs> Sending you off to the naughty chair. It's the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. I want to thank Catherine Silverman again for joining us just a few moments ago. If you missed that conversation or any part of the Nightcap, you can find that podcast on the Radio.com app. You just got to go to that Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, download the app, and then search out the, include the, the Nightcap, and you should be able to find and subscribe. And one of the questions that I taught, that I asked Catherine, Paul, was about 
Leonard or Kemper? Who do you start if you have one game to win? And she said Leonard. And she said it was pretty definitive. And the, and the reason why I was kind of surprised by this, and I know that she didn't write this article, but there's a, a goalie tier ranking uh, athletic article that was published in the last couple of days. And both of the both Leonard and uh, Kemper were put in a tier two. Leonard was ranked ninth overall in, in, in goaltenders in the NHL right now, uh, somehow behind Sergei Bobrovsky. I, we won't discuss about the integrity ahead of them, but Leonard at nine and Kemper tied for 10. And the reason why Marc-Andre Fleury isn't on this list, because they said we're, we're just going with the starting goaltenders. And considering that Leonard signed that big time deal in the offseason for five million dollars a year, he's a, he's the assumed starter. But Pete DeBoer said we're going to go 50 50 until somebody decides they're the starter, whoever plays themselves into that starting position. You follow me so far, Paul? I'm right here You're with right you. Right there. Keep. I'm just keep. keep I know. Going. I know. So what I saw in practice yesterday, which was not Robin Leonard, he was either not on the ice or on uh, the other rink that the media did not have access to. But I saw Flower, and Flower's trying out some new pads for like the first time in a long time. He's typically been a Reebok guy. He's typically been a CCM guy. He's always kind of, you know, we see the color changes. We see the gold pads come out once in a while. But when it comes to like changing to a different brand, that usually says something. And the way that Flower was playing yesterday, it was a little worrisome to me, Paul, because he was letting up a lot of goals. And he was letting up a lot of goals that we're not really used to seeing uh, him let up because, we expect Flower to be the, the greatness that he was in that year one, and that we saw in his second year, in the third year. But you said he's got new gear, though, right? Yeah. I mean, that should that should be fifty percent of the explanation, at least. It, it's, it could be. No, it, because it, it's the. I think it's the same thing. When you're a high, high performing athlete, a high quality athlete, and a goalie like Flurry is, mm-hmm. and this, I think this applies to any other goalie. If you're just going to make small tweaks and and whatever it is, and you're just talking about. Let's call it a dietary change more than anything else. I'm going from 2% milk to 1% milk. Sure. But instead, what I'm doing is I am going to eat nothing but vegan when I've been eating meat for the longest time. I equate that to equipment. I think equipment changes are substantial in many cases. Runners don't change shoes from one brand to another. Right. It physically messes them up. And it might be for a physical sliver of a change, but I think it's more indicative of a psychological change and trying to... Find something, a a way to really settle yourself. Because as I said, he was letting in a few more goals than I was used to seeing him. And from what I saw in his body position, because we know Flower is one of the most athletic goaltenders in the league. He's able to get, you know, across from, from, from one side of the crease all the way to the other, quickly making those big time highlight reel saves. But the problem is with those is that you really have to be on your angles and you have to really be sure with your reactions. And when goalies react... The difference between a goal and a save is a lot of times is your weight distribution. And what I mean by that is that you want your weight going forward because when your weight is going forward and you're and you're falling forward just a little bit, that means everything's kind of falling into place as you butterfly, as you move. You're going proactively towards the puck rather than reactive and possibly moving your body momentum backwards and opening up holes. That's what I was seeing from him yesterday. His weight was either right over his skates in neutral or moving a little bit back. And and that can be a sign of many different things. It could be a sign of of new of, of working with new pads. It could be a sign of of having to do two moves to move instead of one. And so that's really where I find the concern for me is is Flurry the talent and the physical specimen that he is. Father and mother time come for us all. 
is does he still have the talent where he can overcome some of the technical deficiencies that he has? Can he still be athletic enough where he can work through and make saves where you just need to get a piece of the puck, not all of it, but a piece of the puck? And I don't know if he has that right now. And you can reclaim it. You can find it. He's he spent time on the bench and then what, gone on to success. That's exactly what happened here in Vegas. But the problem is, is that he's not 1A anymore. And we're not dealing with a, an 82-game season either. And so that time to work yourself into it isn't going to be there. But he doesn't have to be 1A, though. He doesn't have to be 1B or whatever it is. Remember last year before before Robin Leonard got here? Mm-hmm. Who was the goalie? Malcolm Subban. Yep. And everybody rolled this guy left and right behind mm-hmm. Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury was the 1A. This team still went to the Stanley Cup playoff. They traded for Robin Leonard. This team was still going to go to the playoff with or without Leonard. They were going to. They made some well, mid-season... Are we trying to go to the playoffs or are we trying to win a cup, They made some Paul? mid-season corrections last year. They did. But you just it. He's not the 1A. He doesn't have to be. In a 56-game season, he could play 12 games. He could play 22 games. Sure. He doesn't have but to do But we have it. Robin Leonard coming but off a shoulder surgery. He is coming off a shoulder surgery. And we have, just as I said, any goalie, no matter how many Vesnas you want, how many cups you've had. Jonathan Quick has two cups and a Conn Smythe, and he's almost done because he is so physically hard in his body that he doesn't have it anymore to make up for his deficiencies. Well, he's he not, has to be. In the shooting well, gallery that's the L.A. Kings, well, he doesn't I know, have a Paul, choice. But saying, I know that, Paul, but what I'm saying is is that we're all one shot away. Leonard took that shot off his knee, inside of the knee at the end of one of those playoff games last year, right? And we were all like, oh my God, what if he can't play? What if he's not done? What? Marc-Andre Fleury's 1B right now, but it could easily turn the other way. It could easily go the other way. And maybe he captures his job and I'm and, and he's just working through these these things in training camp. But as much as you say that Marc Andre Fleury is one B, he needs to be one A in his mind. And he needs to be one A in terms of of that game because he isn't physically talented enough anymore to not go the extra length to not really hone in on these technical details. To, so- not, to find a way to modernize his game. Henrik Lundqvist did it. Plenty of goalies find Correct. a way to so be let me successful ask, so in their let me older ask you, years. As they get into their older years mm-hmm. to be successful, do they rely on what they call in baseball being crafty and being a veteran and being able to stretch out the time to where, yeah, I'm I'm in there and I'm keeping us competitive, but no one's expecting him to pitch a shutout unless you have these monster lofty goals that Vegas Golden Knights fans do have for Marc-Andre Fleury because it's Marc-Andre Fleury. Right. You know, it's not Bob Johnson I'm not goal. asking him to shut out. I'm Fleury. asking winning hockey and right now it even if he's not 1A and he goes out there and he, and, and Leonard takes the job right away and he's and he's rolling with it but but Flurry isn't quite up to task what does that do to Pete DeBoer and that coaching staff's plan going forward because this is a tandem goal and I know I've said it's not 50-50 but if you see that one guy isn't quite there or it, it is having some trouble you have to start making decisions that's exactly why they went out and got Robin Leonard last year because Subban wasn't cutting it and, and that's where I get nervous because I'm not sure if there's uh, the continuity right now where Flurry can be in that kind of safe position to work through this because he's been he's been supplanted. We know about the commission painting. We know about the trade rumors this offseason. We know about where he is in, in, the, in this timeline. And so I'm not saying it's a problem right now, but I'm saying if it's not if if things don't change, if if. If what I'm seeing is is more of a pattern than an anomaly, we might have some bigger questions. 
And so it, it's all luck of the draw at this point right now, and that's what hockey season is, but especially in a shortened season. But it all starts on Thursday, Paul. But we got to take a break first before we start previewing that matchup for the Anaheim Ducks. The nightcap, back in moments, right here on CBS Sports Radio, 1140. The nightcap. That's a uh, night with a K, as in Golden Knights. Duh. On CBS Sports Radio, 1140. show that has Shakira in it, and it is the nightcap. And if you've missed any portion of tonight's program, be it the interview that we did with Catherine Silverman or when Paul tried to challenge my goalie knowledge mere moments ago, you can find that on the Nightcap Podcast, which is on that radio.com app. Also, Apple Podcasts as well, if that's more your drift. So... We've been through a lot. There's been a lot of transactions. We've learned that we're going to be playing in Lake Tahoe next February, a.k.a. next month. And we're going to play the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, I'm super pumped for that because I'm going to probably have to go to that, you know, for work, Paul, obviously. <laughs> yeah, just, just don't be dressed in all black and wearing night vision binoculars exactly. when you try to get on site. No, I will wear my biggest pair of snow pants if I'm uh, able to get to that game. But we got opponents before we get there. And our first opponents on our docket are mere days away are the Anaheim Ducks. Paul and the Ducks. Let's just say they're not exactly uh, mighty anymore. Yeah, there it is. That's 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 much better than any joke that I was about to. Uh, it wasn't make. a joke. They just aren't I, mighty. Anymore. I know, and and they have good jerseys, but not when they're orange. But the the Ducks were like twenty nine and thirty three. They didn't make it to the bubble. They're one of the the California teams that we just won't really mention this year. But it's a good uh, opponent to kind of wet your whistle if you're the Golden Knights, because as as we've highlighted, it's been a couple months since we've played playoff hockey, let alone regular season hockey. And there's going to be a, a feeling out process for all of these teams in the new normal we existed. I don't like that idea at all. I don't like the idea of working out the kinks in a first game. I when really else don't. Do when, because what happens is, is that, yes, and they're professional hockey players, and I understand that, but what happens... What happens is in a situation like that, if you get caught working out some kinks and you're not quite paying attention where you want to be, you're going to get caught. And in a 56-game sure. schedule, if you're working out the kinks too deep into the season... Right. Losses pile up. Fair enough. It, it, I, I guess I should say, maybe we just don't bring kinks to begin with. Maybe we just start from uh, start with a ring of fire, you know, really storm the castle, or at least the crease of Josh Gibson, uh, the goaltender for, for the Anaheim Ducks, who's really the only reason why they win games. But, you know, the Golden Knights have a lot of pressure on themselves. They have some new faces and some big parts of their lineup, but really excited to see what number seven looks like out there as, as a new defenseman, as Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Um, really excited to figure out who's the captain of this team um and and you know we're finally here paul by next time next week at this time when we have another nightcap live we're gonna be in the midst of hockey season like it's actively happening and uh i'm glad that they chose to play because gary batman told told us all today be much easier to not play hockey you would actually lose a lot less money because now we're getting into the billions of dollars in terms of losses but it's the pandemic the world that we live in is a very crazy place and so some sense of normalcy is needed and hockey provides that for for myself uh first and foremost but for this community as well and so i'm i'm happy to be along for another ride with you guys here in the nightcap and for this season as weird as it may be but best of luck to all of us i mean honestly all of the jerseys all of the socks make sure you dry everything out and that uh your water bottles are filled up but until next time 
you know, keep it on the shiny side, my friends. This has been the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law